Welcome in, Traveler. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. It's time to level up in fantasy football. What is up, RPG Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. We're going to keep it short and sweet this time around, as we have an action-packed show for you all. A veritable who's who of RPG stardom. A completely full house, full of names that you already know, and one name that, if you don't know already, well, you're gonna learn about him here. Excited to dive into the AFC West with Evan, Eric, and Mike, as well as TJ Blake from the Dynasty DNA podcast. If you missed the news, we are now available on YouTube with shortened segments of our normal podcast episodes so you can listen a little more conveniently. And we would greatly appreciate you going to check that stuff out. Give us some likes, some subscribes, some comments. Let us know what you guys think. There's anything that we can work on, anything we can improve on to make the show better for you guys. We are all ears. Added benefit to those YouTube shorts is that you don't have to listen to me do this uh, Spotify for Podcasters ad every time. You get right into the action. But if you are listening on podcast services, I do appreciate you sticking around for that advertisement as it puts a a little chunk of change in our pockets that you know it isn't much but one day we'll be able to split a six-pack between all of the rpg boys so now let's get into that ad or if you're on youtube right into the episode thank you for listening and enjoy this podcast recorded gotta wait for that because i can always hear that on mike's end <laughs> uh you're but, welcome yeah no thank you gonna be a great show tonight guys we we've got more division town coming afc west and a very special guest a newcomer to the rpg podcast uh we got tj blake from the dynasty dna pod on with us uh, along with mike and eric is finally back in the scene uh, but TJ, man, it's, it's great to have you on. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thank you, Corey. I appreciate you guys having me on. I mean, I've, uh, we know I'm in a league with you, so this is the first time we met face to face. I'm enjoying our conversation here. Pre-show. Of course, I know Mike a long time. We've been affiliated. I've had him on some of our stuff. So really looking forward to talking some, uh, AFC West with you guys and see where it goes from there. Any kind of football talk, you know, I'm game for that. Absolutely, man. Um, just to give our listeners some some context, I mean, I think I heard a little bit pre-show. You're are you also a Steelers fan? Oh yes, sir. Yep, uh, Western Pennsylvania, born and bred. I'm actually one uh, one hour north of Pittsburgh, an hour ten minutes, about hour ten minutes north of Pittsburgh. So I'm a homer. So oh man, so I'm actually outnumbered here. I have three people from Pennsylvania in the podcast. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Brutal. All right. Well, uh, that's awesome, man. And I was actually I was talking to you too about catching up on your podcast. You have the uh, summer camp going right now, and I was listening to that. Uh, I mean, all things considered, it sounds like you guys are doing great over there. 
Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I'm glad you're tuning into that. But yeah, uh, we're running uh, our typical podcast episodes every week, the Dynasty DNA Fantasy Football Podcast, which is me, my cousin, Andy Blake, and my brother, Ty Blake, and a good friend of ours, Muscles Ryan Mail. We've been doing this about a year, and we've been having a blast. It's grown every every month. We've, we've really grown, gotten a lot of good uh, supporters out there. And yeah, we started the uh, Dynasty DNA Summer Camp Series, where we're just talking about a lot of stuff like pre-training camp like OTAs who do you like before everything kicks off ADP stuff like that I mean there's a lot going on and it's nice to get ahead of it and it's kind of the dead time right now in the NFL and fantasy so we're just trying to stay on top of stuff put out extra content and just you know have everyone you know tuning in with us no, that's awesome, man. Like a lot of that training camp stuff, I, I tend to try not to uh, buy into too much of just because there's so much of it and you don't know what's real, what's not. But listening to you guys talk about it was definitely interesting. Just getting everyone's perspective on it and seeing what everyone thinks. If like you actually think that it is something at this point or if it's kind of just noise, but it was definitely a good listen. Definitely recommend to whoever's listening to the RPG tonight to, to go check out DNA. Um, but what, what is your fancy football experience prior to like starting the podcast? How, how long have you been playing? Actually, I've been playing in redraft leagues, uh, I think since like 2005 or six. So I've been in fantasy football for a long oh, wow. time. So, I mean, like I was in redraft for a while. I think our first year of dynasty was around 2017, 2018, somewhere in there. So we've only been in dynasty for like a handful of years, but I mean, we really learned how to play the game quite a bit. I mean, we have a home league. At, I mean, it's been going since then. So a lot of good trades going on and you learn as you go. I mean, if you're a beginner, I mean, it just takes time a little bit, but listen to the shows like these help. So always open for the stuff like that, but I've been in fantasy football for a long time. So nice. Yeah. 2000, that's a long time. And your, your home, league, you said is going since 2017. So six years long. Yeah. For dynasty. Yeah. Actually I yeah. have a, I have a redraft league. That's uh, we have a trophy and we put the winner name on the trophy every year the redraft league has been going since that that time i told you 2006 2007 oh wow so it's go it goes back a long way yeah our uh family league actually does the same thing we made a trophy that it's just a big football and it says kashuba family fantasy football champion uh unfortunately my name's not on there despite coming in second two years in a row (laughs) but uh you know, I hope that doesn't discredit me too much. Uncle Steve, I'm still coming for you. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty on that, Mike. That that takes a, a big man to admit that you haven't won a family redraft league, um, especially given your credentials. Seems like you should have taken that home by now. But Uncle Steve, the elusive Uncle Steve. <laughs> uh, okay, well, awesome, man. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, you must be running out of room on that trophy at some point, right? How many, well, how, how well, big is that trophy? Well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll take a picture of it and send it to you guys so you can see oh, it. Yeah. We, we, it's kind of like the Stanley cup and this is no joke. We got the first base. Like, it's a square base and each side fits six names and we almost have the first base and we're going to put another base on it. So it's gotcha. just going to grow. It's just going to keep wrapping the names around. So oh, that's awesome. It's actually a pretty cool trophy. The guy's in a recliner with a controller and a football. So, but we've had that for a long time. And, and like the guys that are on my show, like we've, we've played together for years and I have friends that we still play with, that like live around here, you know? So it's pretty, it's pretty intense. It gets pretty, you know, like people come over to my house in the living room and I mean, it gets pretty, pretty, pretty violent, like uh, playoff time. You should watch. I mean, like you, you might not want to be here. Like stuff gets thrown. People get talking about like fist fights and stuff. Oh, I mean, at least, I mean, maybe not fist fights, but definitely choke locks. I mean, maybe headlocks, some nuggies, you know, you ever like try to use the trophy as a weapon. I I haven't no, because you know, lots of times it's, it's not, I don't have it in my possession because I always in that league, believe it or not, I make it to the final game. I think I made it there like four or five times, the Super Bowl game, and I've never won it, believe it or not. And I've won, uh, I've won other leagues, but that one, I'm just like cursed, man. I, I you and me both, brother. You and me yeah, both. I, I mean, I could have the best team. I could have the best record every year. And when you get to the final game, there's always a dud. Uh, man, fantasy football, it, it goes like that sometimes. You could have the best team going in and then playoffs hit. Playoffs are so brutal. Just like the NFL, man. You uh, you lose one game, you're out. It's, yep, it's, that's it. It's rough. That's all, that's all it takes. One and done. Yep. Yes, sir. 
All right. Well, awesome, man. Like I said, great to have you. Um, we have the rest of the boys. Obviously, we got Mike and Eric in the house missing Evan tonight, unfortunately, but we're going to have a great show nonetheless. And uh, yeah, you got my dog also thinks that we're going to have a great show, apparently. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're going to get into it now. And uh, yeah, we had a couple of things to talk about here. Like I said, the OTA and the the camp buzz and stuff, I kind of try to avoid, but just a couple of bigger topics that I sort of wanted to briefly mention uh you guys hear that jets are looking like the reluctant hard knocks pick for this year and is anyone super excited to see a just as reluctant aaron Rodgers be on hbo this summer uh what do you think eric you're a big fan of aaron Rodgers, right of course you pick me for the aaron Rodgers. i hope he just goes back to ayahuasca and disappears but uh it's still gonna be really entertaining though i'm actually really excited to see how many times that he tries to insert a dig at the Packers and a dig at the wide receivers. Like how many times do you think he's going to throw a pass to Garrett Wilson and be like, this is why I'm on the jets. If only like the Packers could have done. I actually think it's going to be really funny to watch him just trash the Packers for all so, of hard knocks. Over under one and a half times. He trips on some sort of psychedelic on HBO. Over. All right. <laughs> well, looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to briefly mention that. Uh, other kind of bigger news, uh, Brock Purdy, uh, we've been getting continued news that it looks like he is on track for a week one start. And this should sort of put to bed, I think, some of the like discombobulation about who is going to be the 49ers QB. It looks like all directions are pointing at Brock Purdy unless something devastating happens with his injury. But uh, I guess I want to ask someone here, Mike, do you think that this is looking like a locked in Brock Purdy show, or do you have any, like, you know, me, I'm, I'm the big Sam Darnold fan. Do you have any hope that Sam Darnold might have a, a resurgent career here in San Francisco or is it a Brock Purdy show? I love whoever the San Francisco 49ers quarterback is. Uh, the issue is that if you put a gun to my head, I could say three different names and believe each of them equally. Brock Purdy is a seventh round quarterback with coming off of a UCL tear, which is not pretty. Uh, there's not a big history of guys that do very well after that. Trey Lance broke his ankle and as Eric has described him as booty cheeks. So I trust his analysis there. Although I would disagree two years ago, it's for two years in, I haven't seen him play and they're talking about Sam Darnold splitting snaps with him. So mm -hmm. anyone that's splitting snaps with the third option, Sam Darnold, uh, known ghost seer. I don't love any of these options because of who they are. I love them because they're going to be get to throw to four of the best weapons in the NFL. So I don't know, TJ, if you have anything else to say on that, but I'm, I'm firmly in the, the Niners quarterback is valuable, but I don't know who it is. Yeah, I, I agree with what well, a lot of you're saying. I mean, like the thing is with the 49ers is it, I, I said this on our show earlier because we brought a lot of this same stuff up too. They're like a machine, you know, like it's just a part to the machine, this quarterback, whoever it may be. And I, I do think it's going to be Brock Purdy. Most likely. I agree with that. I do think he's going to be entrenched, trenched there. Sam Darnold though. I will say this. I do think he's intriguing to roster. If there's a, if you can get him in a throw in anything like that, if you can get him off the waiver wire, if you're in shallower leagues, I do think that's someone to watch. I mean, we know the 49ers have a history of just plugging anyone in there and they have success. And one thing, too, that we brought up when we talked about it, what is odd is they did set, sign Sam Darnold like as soon as free agency opened. So they did want this guy for some reason. So I don't think you can ever like discount that. But like anyone in that quarterback room to me has value with Kyle Shanahan. So I'm going to say Brock Purdy for now. I do think that that's their guy. That's who they like. But I wouldn't sleep on Sam Darnold. But I, Trey Lance. I, I think it's the end, man, especially in the, four, in the San Francisco. I mean, I want to believe, as a lot of people do, I mean, I know a lot of people pick them high in rookie drafts, or they pick them higher in startup drafts. But everything we've heard, everything we've seen, it just don't look good for them. So I'm thinking Purdy. I'm stashing Sam Darnold if I can, because I do think it's a valuable stash. But Trey Lance, I mean, if you have, if you have him, unfortunately, you've probably got a hold because you're probably not going to get a lot for him, and you just hope he gets out of San Francisco and gets an opportunity somewhere else. yeah it is a weird situation for trey lance for sure pretty unprecedented for a team to trade the farm to go up and get him even though it was supposed to be mac jones by some accounts 
and then just have him flounder and then get hurt and then not be the starter coming into his uh, third year. So very weird situation. I'm with you, though. Uh, Brock Purdy, most likely the guy. Sam Darnold could maybe be uh, interesting if Purdy has some some issues with that arm coming off the surgery. But all in all, um, you know, I wish I could be at all excited or not excited, but, um, you know, excited about the 49ers having QB problems. But it just doesn't seem like it matters. Even for a Seahawks fan, doesn't matter. Um, but any anything else on the 49ers before we move on? Um, I would just say that um, you can usually hear a coach speak what they think about players, right? I'm not super big on this guy either, but the way the Matt LaFleur and the Packers are talking about Jordan Love, you know that they're all in on him. They moved Rodgers. They're talking very highly of him. You hear all this positive feedback coming about Jordan Love. Um, when Patrick Mahomes was backing up Alex Smith, Alex Smith like took the Chiefs to the AFC Championship game, and all you heard about was, we're moving off Alex Smith because this Mahomes guy is the next thing. I have never heard Kyle Shanahan say anything about Trey Lance like that. And I hear him talk more about Sam Darnold like that than I do Trey Lance. And to be a third overall pick in the amount that they gave up and to have him as third on the depth chart and not trying to force him in because of the assets you paid on him, that's a huge red flag to me. And I think it might be more likely that Trey Lance's hairline recedes to the back of his head before he gets back into a game. Oh, that is that is cold. That is ice cold, Eric. Uh, but you are the renowned Trey Lance hater. So it kind of part for the course on that one. All right. Uh, well, moving on, this is the kind of the last big item I saw. Uh, there's not a lot of info on this quite yet, but the headline I saw was that whatever Tyreek Hill got up to where he smacked a Marina employee upside the head. Um, originally the employee was not going to file charges and now it looks like he is going to file charges. Uh, I guess he figured you know what, if I can get a mill or two from an NFL player assaulting me, might as well go for it. Uh, but Mike and I were talking about this uh, on the last episode where we were like, eh, seems kind of mild. If maybe an owner is freaking out, maybe it's a time to go get Tyreek Hill. It still seems kind of mild. But now that there is charges being filed and seemingly there's also some video evidence of this assault happening. I mean, does this do anything for you guys on, on how you view Tyreek Hill? TJ, do you have any thoughts on I don't know how you view Tyreek Hill going into it, but uh, does this move him up or down for you? Uh, I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, I don't I wouldn't necessarily say it moves him down. I know that there was a big talk like uh, coming out of his camp about him retiring here in the next two to three years, possibly. So that is a concern. I mean, he is getting older. I do think like in any dynasty situation with an older player, you're more inept to maybe want to move him before, you know, the bottom falls out a little bit more. But the thing is with Tyreek, he has had other troubles in the past. Like we've heard other things that he supposedly might have done as far as an assault end of things. So he's starting to get a little bit of a bad rap plus the fact that he's aging. So I wouldn't have a problem if you were looking to sell him just because of those few things, if you got the right price and what you're asking for them. But all in all, if you have them and you don't get a fair offer, I would just hold on to them. I mean, as bad as this all is, we don't know what it's going to shake out to be. We all know the Alvin Kamara situation. I mean, that hasn't been resolved yet. I mean, we're getting closer to a possible suspension, but if something even does happen with Tyreek Hill, I mean, we might not even have anything this year. It might be next year or maybe even a little bit further down the line. So as of now, I wouldn't panic too much. But if you are looking to sell, all I say is make sure that you get a fair deal because he still holds value and he's still a big play player. So that's how I just feel on the whole situation. What do you guys think about it? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think he is very win now, especially with this kind of hanging over his head. Um, and I think that's fairly obvious, especially with everything you've said. He's He's getting close to that. Uh, coming out and saying he's going to retire. I guess he's getting closer and closer to that um, with his skill set. You know, he relies on that speed that is only going to get worse. And now if there's any chance of him missing any games in his last two or three years of relevancy, that's a little scary, but on a win now sort of team, I mean, he just came off of one of the best wide receiver seasons ever. So uh, I want him on my team. If I'm trying to compete uh, despite this news, it just, it depends on what you have to go uh, and send to go get him. Um, yeah. but Eric, you, you got anything Tyreek Hill related? You're, you're down there in 
Florida. So have you have you visited that marina? Have you talked to the employee? Have you done any investigative work on the on the ground, boots on the ground style? I have not done any investigative report on that. Boo, um, boo on you. But for the Tyreek Hill thing, I just kind of want to let it play out. I've learned way too much with these things that if we jump the gun and on these legal things and just all sorts of stuff happens and next thing you know, it either just vanishes or it's much worse than we thought. And it's kind of one of those where if I have them, I'm keeping them. If I don't have them, I might not buy right now. Um, but if he gets off no penalty, he's still Tyree Kill. If he has some penalty, still Tyree Kill. Maybe you can buy him a little low, but I don't think anything's going to be bad enough that's going to change your evaluation on him. It's almost like he's going to be injured for a couple games, then you move on. Yeah, I feel that. Okay. Well, great. That's kind of all the big topics I had. I, I don't know if anyone else had anything they wanted to get into before we just launch into uh, the amazingly named Division Town segment that I came up with. That is, I mean, you can't get a better name than that, right, Mike? It's it's one of the best names for a Division segment of all time. I signed on to this podcast after that name had been decided on. Uh, I do not endorse it. I do not love it. It feels like two feet in the same shoe. I, so. I did hear rumors today. I just wanted to let you guys know, and I think it come out of Dalvin Cook's camp that Miami did offer him a contract. I don't think he's accepted it, but I did hear that he did get a contract offer. So that's something to keep an eye on, especially like with Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson and a lot of startup drafts. I know a lot of people are thinking maybe late they could steal him. There could be a chance that Dalvin Cook lands in Miami. So just keep an eye on that because I did hear that. That makes me very happy for my Dalvin Cook shares. That makes me very upset for my Devon A-Chain shares. Sorry, I got to let my dog out of this room. <laughs> I was going to say that is absolutely devastating for the amount of A-Chain that I took into the first beginning of the second. I was yep. all in on that, just like maybe for a year, plug and play a rookie in there, um, see what happens. He seemed like such a great fit, too, with Miami A-Chain did. And, and that's the thing. It would be a killer, especially in the short term, but who knows? I mean, he might, I think he's still looking for big money. Will he sign? I don't know, but I, he did say that they offered him at least a contract from what I understand. So. Yeah. The, the only other one I've heard of, and it's really funny that I heard this uh, during the week after Mike spoke it into existence, but I've heard rumblings of Dallas Cowboys. I believe it. <laughs> so that is interesting. Something to keep your eye on for sure. Uh, but besides that, we, we have some AFC West to talk about. Unless Eric wants to say something about Dalvin Cook real quick. I was just going to say really quick, what is everyone's thought on uh, Mattinson up in Minnesota? I don't think we've talked about that, have we? Mm, I don't think formally, no. Um, for me personally, Madison is just a guy. I, I'm not super interested, especially with how the Vikings offense kind of operates, where it's very pass happy and... Uh, I don't know. I think he's had flashes of games, but I've seen backup, like, you know, handcuff running backs have flashes of games. And I think it speaks probably more to game scheme um, than anything else. That's kind of my opinion. But TJ, do you, are you a Madison lover? I, I think I am, but I, I keep it in perspective. Like, I don't think he's going to be a running back one by any means. I think he'd be a really solid running back two for you. But I, I think a lot of people are hoping that he can be the next Dalvin Cooker. Like, he's just as good as Dalvin Cook. That, that's not the case. You know, Dalvin Cook's a special player. He really fit Minnesota's system well. And, I mean, uh, the pass catching, all that. I mean, Alexander Madison, if you get him as an RB2 or as an RB3 on your bench, you can swing in and out on bye weeks and injuries. I think it's a great play for you. But it's just knowing, like, what he is and maybe what he's capable of on his best day. I do like him, but I wouldn't overpay for him or go out and just spend outrageous prices on him. It's just keeping it in perspective, I think, as the player. But I do like him. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I think Evan and I were talking about Madison a little bit, and we were thinking, like, oh, is there going to be a point where people are going to, like, send a first for Madison? Um, and I still don't think we're quite there, but I wonder if we're getting there, like, sooner than later. Mike, do you, do you think that's the case? I got a 202 for him right as the news was about Pretty to break. So I think I turned that into a Tank Bigsby slash something like that, which I was pretty happy with. I like it. Because that team's in shambles, but it needs to punt for a couple of years. So uh, you can flip him into an early second for 2024. That class looks like it's going to be loaded, but 
uh, as always, 2024 is going to be great. We're going to get to 2024. I'm going to be like, 2025, That's the year. you want those picks. Yeah. You just wait. 2029 looks like a great Always class, a year away. So trade up now. And I think the thing is with 2024, like, I think you got to really think about the whole gist of it. Like, to me, the big thing with 2024 is it's very, very top heavy. I mean, the mm -hmm. first five to seven picks, you might have some serious difference makers. I mean, legitimate difference makers. You got Marvin Harrison. You got uh, Brock Bowers, the star tight end out of Georgia. I mean, he could be a possible top four pick. He's a great player. I mean, we got, uh, of course, Caleb Williams. We, Quinn Ewers might come out. Drake May. So the quarterback rooms are really good for super flex leagues. So it's just knowing, like, the top end. You know, that's, that's the thing. Like, I, you don't want to be giving up one of these top picks in 24. I think you got to be real careful if you're a rebuilder or if you think your team might be on the edge of having a bad season. I totally agree with that. And uh, you know who else I think totally agrees with that is Evan, who is now here. Hi, Evan. Hey, everybody. Sorry about that. But yeah, I, you know, Corey knows I absolutely love looking at college guys, um, love diving into them, and uh, definitely think that uh, you hit on some of the big ones. And I think there's even the case for running back, running back making a little resurgence in uh, Trevion and then uh, Rocket Sanders as well. Definitely. I just, I just love that nickname, Rocket Sanders. That's that's so good. And then Emeka Ibuka, I, I agree with you there, Mike, as well. You know, he has a chance to be the second the second best wide receiver in the class behind, you know, Marv Harrison. So. What do you think about, um, I know it's very early, is it Braylon Allen? Am I saying that name right? The running back? He's Sup like 240, but runs a 4-4. Sup super young. I think he came, he came into college as a 17-year-old. Um, was dominating the Big Ten as a super young freshman. Uh, I think he looked like he regressed a little bit, in my opinion, last year. So I think this year will be really interesting to see him moving forward. Uh, I think the NFL, though, unfortunately, in my opinion, will not value him as much um, because of his size, because of the lack of perceived explosiveness. Um, you know, I really don't think he's going to run a 4-4. I think he's going to be a, a mid-4-5s type of guy. Um, running more athletically yeah. profiling to a Charbonnet this year um, when I look at all of that. So, yeah, the metrics will get pushed up because of his size. Um, but the way the NFL is going, I mean, he'd have to go to an absolute slam landing spot that's talking about, you know, a 70% snap share uh, for their RB1. They're just going to pound him into the ground. They're just going to ride him between the tackles type of play. I was going to say he looks like the closest thing to Derrick Henry that we've seen. So I'm very excited about it, but he, he definitely doesn't have that like fifth gear where Derrick Henry turns it on. And he just looks like he's pulling away from everybody. Yeah. Uh, if he, if he nails the combine next year, like I know that combine numbers don't matter. They're supposed to just like check a box, but if he can come in and run something respectable, I think he could be a day two pick early day two yeah. pick and be dynasty gold. It's sort of what Evan was saying with, you know, one needing to go to a team with like a 70% snapshot. It just, for me, how many teams out there are, are like that these days? I feel like it's very few. So that even it creates even more of a slim chance, I feel like, for him to go to that right spot. But um, anyway, moving on, we really got off on a tangent on that last one. We started with Tyreek Hill and we ended up talking uh, 2024 rookie. So that's pretty good. Uh, but I think we need to move it along here. Like I said, we are continuing the drive through division town we're passing through downtown now we're getting into like uh division town heights you know we're we're starting to see some of the the richer neighborhoods here and uh starting to get into the swanky part of town uh with the afc west everyone so let's go ahead and, and get it rolling and we're going to start out with my least favorite option out of these solely because of uh, a guy that used to be on my team with the seattle seahawks but is now the star i guess quarterback of the denver broncos with mr russell wilson um and the big question here is who believes that russell wilson is going to have a bounce back year uh you know he's got sean payton now that's that's the big change i suppose uh but given evan just kind of joined in i want to get uh evan's beat on this uh do you think sean payton is enough to turn russell wilson around and, and make him a qb1 again or, or is he sort of uh, descending at this point? Well, if that's the metric we're saying, a QB1 for fantasy in general leagues, 
then I'm going to say no. Uh, I think he is pretty locked in as a QB2. I think he's pretty safe based off of the contract. I mean, you look at the Broncos trying to get out of that contract, and there's very few outs uh, for them from a salary management perspective uh, to be able to easily get out of that contract. So, yeah, it may be kind of dirty. Yeah, it may be a pick that you really don't want to make. But he is a incredible QB3 on a team, and he is a serviceable QB2 in my opinion, on a dynasty team. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I can respect it. I, I refuse to believe it. You know my irreverent hate for Russell Wilson, but I, I respect what you're saying. Um, I guess to that end, though, if what you're saying is true and he's a solid QB2, uh, we're looking at Jerry Judy here coming into, what, is it his fourth year? Is that right? I think it's I think it's third. I think it's third. third. Yeah, I think it's third as well. Uh, but, you know, he was highly drafted and and fairly sought after in, in that rookie year. Uh, TJ, Jerry Judy, man, do you have a, a beat on him? Do you like him? Do you think that if Russell Wilson kind of rises back up, do you think Judy can break into some sort of relevancy here? Because he's been pretty disappointing thus far. Yeah, I, I do think he's, I think he would get into some rele- relevancy. I don't know how high he'll finish or how extremely well he'll do, but I do think that he will improve. But the thing is with Denver, Sean Payton, I mean, his offense, like he throws to all kinds of guys. He, he involves all kinds of people. I mean, they brought in Samaje P. Ryan. They brought in Adam Troutman for some reason. You just don't know. Like they line people up all over the place. So I don't know if any one certain guy is going to get the bulk of it. I do think Jerry Judy will do well if he can stay healthy. And one thing we did see, it did seem like Russ, when he had his better games, was like pretty dialed in with Jerry Judy last season for the most part. Like they did have some good games and had some nice connections, but there's so many mouths to feed there in Denver. We were talking about this earlier on our show too. That receiver room alone, the people that are in there now, and they drafted Marvin Mims. I mean, you got Cortland Sutton, you got Jerry Judy, Marvin Mims, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, they said is coming back and he's healthy. So, I mean, that, and I'm probably forgetting one or two of them, tell you honestly, but they're loaded in that room. So I do think the ball's going to be spread around a lot. Dulcich is kind of someone I'm watching. Because like in a Sean Payton offense, I could see them him being like a mismatch guy for them, and they could use him in some capacities, especially in the red zone. I do think Judy will do well. I temper expectations. I don't think he'll be a receiver one for you, but if he stays healthy, I think a very solid receiver too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That that totally makes sense to me. You know, Russell Wilson was trying to act very much like a pocket QB uh, in my perspective last year, and I just don't think that's what he excels at i think he throws a a pretty uh good deep ball uh but you know i think he makes a lot of his damage with with his scrambling and his improvisation that really felt like it fell off but like you said i mean sean payton comes in maybe he can add a little bit of depth into the entirety of the offense but you mentioned greg dulcich and i guess we can get into that a little bit next um he sort of feels a little trappy to me personally i know he he showed out last year put up some pretty good games but it just feels like, like you said, I mean, they bring in Adam Troutman, who I know is nothing. He hasn't shown anything yet. He's still kind of young, though. And they also have Albert Okwebenu, Alberto. And <laughs> I, do, I don't know. That's a good things. try. And I don't know if he's quite dead yet. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, it's, it seems to me like that could be a little trappy. But is, is there a Greg Dulcich uh, hype man here? Eric, is that you? Do you love some Greg Dulcich? I do not love some Greg Tolchitz. I do actually have no stock of Greg Tolchitz, or I can't even say his name. That's why I have no stock of him. I don't like talking about him. Dulcich. <laughs> I literally can't say that word. Um, I do see the kind of like sneakiness you're talking about, but kind of what um, we were talking about a little bit earlier is I just think there's too many mouths to feed there. I was the biggest Jerry Judy guy coming out of Alabama. Loved him. He's my favorite receiver in that draft. And I just don't, trust the volume that Russell Wilson's going to throw and what they're doing there to get him production. And I certainly don't trust the rest of them or someone to stand out amongst them. I thought that was very accurate. It'll be spread out a lot. You'll have a game here or there where one of them pops off. Um, I think if you can get one of those guys to pop off in a big game, I'd be trying to sell. I'd be trying to sell and see what I can get for it. I don't think I want long-term investment in Broncos products right now. Yeah, it, the one thing about Dulcich with me, like what I look at is he does really well on big plays, big catches. He's an athlete, yeah. you know? So like as a tight end too, I prefer someone like that that can catch one ball and maybe go 50, 60 yards and score. 
opposed to just the, you know, maybe three catches for, you know, 12 yards and one touchdown if you're lucky, you know? So that's why I'm kind of like, I'm not saying he'll be a tight end one, but I do feel like with his athleticism and a Sean Payton offense as a tight end too, I think he's okay. You know, but like you said, a lot of mouths to feed there. you got to be careful across the board. So I do like what you said there though. And I think in a previous podcast, Mike actually really highlighted this. And I thought this was really good where you have three to four top tight ends that are consistent high performers every single week. Then five through 17 is basically like the same person. And to get somebody who might have that giant 80 yard pop-off catch Mm -hmm. is probably a better bet to run than tight end eight who might be a little more consistent, but it's five catches for 40 yards and maybe a touchdown. Right. So that might be a reason to go get somebody like that. Yeah. And it's just so tough because if you don't have Travis Kelsey, or if you don't have Mark Andrews, I mean, I know there's still a lot of Kyle Pitts people out there that are believers. I like the player. It's just a crappy situation in Atlanta. And all in all, you know, I think if you don't have one of these elite, elite guys, that's kind of what you're looking for in a tight end too. Like you said, you just hope that they make a big play for you. There's always that chance and that could propel you a little bit. If you are playing a Kelsey, maybe that helps you get a little bit closer and it evens it out if you get lucky. Just so you know, this is a um, very pro Kyle podcast. We are pro Kyle <laughs> and pro Kyle Trask. So we're all about the Kyles here. And uh, also some defender on the Rams named Yeast, but that's another <laughs> Well, I, I, I will say this. I do like Kyle Pitts. I just feel bad for him in the off Arthur Smith machine in Atlanta. Now that they got Bijan and Tyler Algier, I mean, there's no secret what they're going to try to do. So I would yeah. be nice if he could get out of there, man. It really would. If, if the Falcons could just get any sort of QB a note, that offense would be so explosive. But we're now we're talking about the Falcons, and I know we have to move on <laughs> because that is not the correct division. Uh, but the, the last thing I want to touch on with the Broncos here is, I mean, the, the big piece for me that is sort of being left out here is the run game with Javante Williams. Uh, obviously, Samaj P. Ryan was mentioned. Um, I think that he could have a little bit of sneakery to him. Um, maybe, uh, maybe a best ball guy, but I, I think that he has, he has a little bit of juice. He's a good pass catcher. Uh, but Javante Williams, I mean, it's sounding like he could start the year, uh, healthy, uh, by all reports. It, it sounds like he is on track for it. And I think Evan and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but I want to get sort of, uh, uh, an update from Evan based on where we are now. Uh, with Javante hearing everything we've heard. I mean, do you think that Javante is going to finish like high end RB two? Do you think there's any chance of him finishing as like a low end RB one? Yeah. So I, I think you're going to have a quicker JK Dobbins type season. Uh, in my opinion of what we saw, obviously JK had a little bit more complications. Uh, there was a little bit more scarring in the knee. So there was a lot more to be, you know, had and cleaned up. So he didn't really seem like JK until the the end of the season. Uh, and he was efficient, which is what I really like to see out of JK. It's what you expect out of him. It's what you saw at Ohio State. It's what you saw early in his career for him. I very much think that we're going to see a very efficient offense with Sean Payton there. Everybody thinks Sean Payton offenses are super quick, super fast. If you actually look at the, the amount of time that it takes for them to snap the ball in that offense, it's really not nearly as quick as everybody thinks it is. Uh, it's a very middle-of-the-pack type speed offense, which I think Javante will will thrive in. Um, so I'm very excited to see that. Uh, also, if I have Javante, though, I'm not banking on him being a starting running back for me. Maybe he'll be a flex play uh, for the first half of the season, and then the second half of the season is where I'm really going to be counting on him uh, kind of down the stretch and in the playoffs. All right. Well, I am sick to my stomach talking about the Broncos. I'm I'm done with it personally. So you guys feel like moving on? Let's do it. All right. So this one, just kind of like the Eagles were for Mike and I last week, I think is going to be a little boring, but let's go over the Kansas City Chiefs because we have to. Uh, They're obviously awesome, but what can you really discuss with them? I think the big topic to me, honestly, is the wide receivers, which are just such a big question mark to me. Uh, I know that Mike has an irreverent love for Kadarius Tony, uh, but I guess besides Tony or even including Tony, does anyone have like a like a heartthrob wide receiver here that isn't Travis Kelsey? Is anyone going to be uh, relevant to to put in your like wide receiver two slot? Uh, Eric, haven't heard from you. Do you do you have a Kansas City Chief love here? I do not have a Kansas City Chief love. Um, I do like the Tony pick to 
be there wide receiver one, I guess, but I'm not nearly as high on him as um, Mike is over here. Uh, I'm trying to think. No, it's, it's still Kelsey or bust. And then I like what they got with Pacheco. Um, mm. The rookie that I blank, I'm trying to think of the rookie's name that I'm Rasheed, blanking on. Rasheed Rice. Thank you. Rasheed Rice has a chance to be something. But again, like speedster, kind of wide receiver in the Chiefs offense, I actually think Mahomes is going to work very hard to spread it around this year. I think he's really going to try to divvy it out a little bit. Kelsey's still going to be his go-to guy, the tight end, the red zone threat, everything like that. But I think the rest of them, you're going to really see a matured Mahomes trying to not take as many hits, spread the ball around, move it around. He knows he doesn't have to set regular season records. He needs to stay healthy and go win Super Bowls. So he's still going to be the awesome Mahomes, but I don't think you're going to see like these gaudy wide receiver numbers from them. Yeah, man, it's tough. I mean, this is just how they kind of operate. Uh, I feel like the Kansas City Chiefs just like right when they lost Tyreek Hill, it's just been okay. We're just going to play this like Russian roulette every week of a different receiver is going to be relevant. Uh, you even had like some Justin Watson weeks, <laughs> I feel like. So, uh, well, yeah, that's definitely true. The, uh, like the random Demarcus Robinson week that they would have a couple of years right. ago. Two touchdowns, 250 yards on like five catches, and then he went equal that the next seven weeks. It just, yeah. it, it'll be stuff like that. So, I mean, besides, like you were saying, I mean, besides Travis Kelsey in the receiving game, it, it sounds like it's kind of a crapshoot. Um, but I guess like running game wise, Isaiah Pacheco, yes, we're, we're all a yes on Isaiah Pacheco. I love him. So I am a, a clear yes. I got lucky by drafting him in all of my fifth round rookie drafts uh, when he came out. So, I'm feeling very good about Pacheco. I mentioned that maybe if you could sell him high, you should, but I've kind of reneged on that, I feel like, a little bit. I think if you, you should probably just see where the, the train leads you because he's exciting, man. He runs hard. I I, I love some Isaiah Pacheco. But uh, besides that, I mean, how long do we think Travis Kelsey is going to go for? TJ, any insight? What <laughs> Do you think he's going to be starting in, into like his 35, 36, 37-year-old year? I mean, honestly, I think that guy could play forever if he wanted to, but uh, I, I don't know. Like I heard rumors that Jason Kelsey said that he might call it quits after this year. He is a champion. He's one of the greatest tight ends all time. Really, he can walk away at any time. And that's a scary thing. Like his personality, I mean, to me, like he could just tomorrow say, yep, I'm done, you know, and then him and his brother go do their podcast. So I would say definitely, you mean, obviously this season, I'd say there's probably a good chance next season, but anything after that probably gets pretty hairy. I feel like he's a hat trick Super Bowl, like kind of waiting to happen where he gets his three and he's like, all right, I'm good. I've got my three. I could but, see uh, if they, if they do win, that would concern me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Like I said, I mean, kind of, kind of boring. We know they're good. You, you want pieces here, maybe not the wide receivers, although they don't go super high. So taking a shot on one late, isn't a bad idea. But yeah, let's let's move on here to uh, I was going to say a more interesting team, but I mean, it's the Las Vegas Raiders. So <laughs> uh, we have some stuff to talk about for sure. I mean, they have Jimmy Garoppolo now under helm uh, his first year there has familiarity, though, with the McDaniels offense. So he's got that going for him. He's got Devontae Adams. So that's nice. He's also got Josh, Josh Jacobs in the backfield if he doesn't hold out, which I'm not super concerned about, but you got to keep your eye on it. Uh, there was a report, I think, that came out today that said that he might not start week one. I'm still not bought in. I think that's that's some nonsense personally. But uh, what what do you think? Uh, Evan, you, you got any beat on Josh Jacobs? I know you're pretty familiar with like contracts and just like NFLPA stuff. And like, do you think there's a real shot that Josh Jacobs sits out? I think there is going to be the make or break this year. I think running backs are either going to say this year's class of the guys that got the franchise tag are either going to take one for the team and try and set the running back position up better moving forward, or they're just going to take the money. And the running back position is going to continue to get devalued to the point where, you know, if you're a kid, you don't want to play the running back position. If you're a parent, you don't want your kid playing the running back position. If you're in college and you have the chance to even switch from a running back to a linebacker, because they're very similar on opposite sides of the ball on what they do, what their purpose is, how they interact. I think that is a very interesting thing to start looking at because if this year's crop of guys that got the franchise tag don't do that and don't sit out and don't make a statement, 
the running back position is going to continue to be devalued. The franchise tag for it has gone down each of the last three years, I think, if I'm not mistaken here. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's a problem moving forward for everybody. And it'll be a major problem for this Las Vegas offense if he does sit out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the running back scene is just so tough, man. And especially is interesting from a fantasy perspective where these guys were ultra valuable. Like the top RBs were the most valuable players you could get for felt like a long time in dynasty. And it's sort of being shifted now based on the NFL landscape. It feels like where they're just going off of this like workhorse kind of mentality. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very interesting to, to keep note of the other guy to talk about here, I guess it's Devonte Adams though. And Devonte Adams has done nothing but, you know, finish as a, a wide receiver one, unless he gets a serious injury. Do we think even with Jimmy G and his gimpy foot, uh, it's, that's going to continue. I, I feel like he's pretty QB proof, but, uh, Mike, do you have an opinion on Devonte Adams? The track record of over 30-year-old wide receivers with new quarterbacks is ugly, 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 ugly. So when it's not that I hate Devontae Adams, like I don't hate any player, I hate their price. Like if I'm going to pay that high for an over 30-year-old wide receiver, I want it to be foolproof. I want it to be, he's the dude, that's the guy, he's getting the targets. And I don't know if I trust Jimmy G outside of a perfect offense is the upgrade from Derek Carr to Jimmy G. Is that an upgrade or is that like trading in a Volkswagen golf for a Subaru and present? Like they're the same car, just. Yeah. Or it's like a Volkswagen know, golf, like brands. 2013 for a Volkswagen golf, like 2014. Not much of an yeah. upgrade. Like, did you upgrade or did you just get a hotter version? Like you put yeah. racing stripes on the side and you had it marry a adult film actress. So. Yeah, it's definitely a sexier, sexier option. I mean, if Devonta Adams like can play better because he has a sexier quarterback, that's something. But uh, I'm not in on Devonta Adams, uh, Evan. I don't think you are either. But if you have any amplifying details, let me know. So I was going to say I'm actually in for one more season for Devonta Adams because of what he did last year. So you look at what he did last year and yards per route run. We're talking 97th percentile. Air yard share for the team. We're talking 96th percentile target share. We're talking 96th percentile. PFF receiving grade. We're talking he was in the 99th percentile on the PFF receiving grade. Like we're still talking about an elite asset. Sure, he's getting to the age where he's moving to more of a redraft type asset. One of those assets that you're going to get if you're like, okay, this is my year window right now. So let's let's start going after that. So that's the type of play that I'm making. Obviously, if it's a rebuilding team, you're looking to see what you can get for him. But I still absolutely think that Tay Adams is an elite asset for this season moving forward. I, I'm actually with you, Evan. I, I've been taking Adams in a lot of spots because I, I think that that 30-year-old price tag is sort of built in, um, in my opinion, at least, especially with Jimmy G coming in and having a gippy foot and all this kind of negativity surrounding the Raiders in general. It feels like, you can get Adams a little cheaper, and I still think he's Devonta Adams. I still think he could have uh, a pretty solid year at least this year. So he's on all my win now teams, and I'm I'm definitely pulling him pulling for him there. Uh, but besides that, I mean, I don't have a lot else to talk about for the Raiders. Uh, I have a note on here that asks if Hunter Renfro is done and dusted. It sounds like with how we viewed Jimmy G, uh, whatever Hunter Renfro showed us a couple years ago, where he was this like solid wide receiver two guy it feels like those days are long past so i'm uh i'm willing to just move on ahead to the los angeles chargers unless does anyone else have uh anything you want to talk about for the raiders just real quick on uh this is Devonte adams is going 411 in Superflex, or this is jimmy g no 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 Devonte adams we're not talking about jimmy g we don't need to talk about him right now he's he's kind of that trash can thrown to the side yeah i i still think at 411 that's a horrible pick because you can get a five-year younger wide receiver that'll provide similar or equal value or better value. Mm. Uh, well, here, let, let me give you the names that are going right around him. DK Metcalf going off at 407 right now. Christian Watson going off at 502. Yeah. Quentin Johnston yeah. going off at 505. Jordan Addison going off at 506. Go a little lower. Like, don't let the rookie fever hit. I think there's still Deontay Johnson on the Steelers. I think there's still Michael Pittman if you're willing to wait a year. Like I would rather have all of those players 
and I don't even like Michael Pittman that much, than Devontae Adams for one season, maybe. The only guy I would want out of those guys over Adams is DK Metcalf. Check your banner. I, uh, I still think the uh, we're leaving the most important part out of the discussion, and that is when uh, Tom Brady comes out of retirement and is the starting quarterback for the Oakland Raiders. All right, so the Los yeah, Angeles Chargers. Let's go ahead and <laughs> all right, let's Ladies move on. Ahead. It's time to go, Eric. Thanks for logging in to the. Yeah, Fantasy we're actually football. done with the podcast, Eric. You can go ahead and log off. <laughs> Sorry, I got a phone call on Tom Brady. I got to go take this. All right, uh, last team here. Let's get into it. Uh, the Los Angeles uh, Chargers, the forever cursed Chargers. It's really hard for me still, even after all this time, to not call them the San Diego Chargers because I'm from California and lived like an hour north of San Diego. So I had family down there. We would go and like see San Diego Charger games. But I see Los Angeles Chargers and I'm like, that just seems wrong. But let's let's launch into it. Um, the big uh, topic here is obviously Justin Herbert, right? He's He's fantastic. Uh, great young QB, uh, solidly locked into that elite seven in a startup for, for uh, dynasty QBs. Uh, my question, I guess, I, he typically goes like that five, six, seven mark, it feels like, and doesn't really get much higher than that. With QJ being added, with Kellen Moore being added, uh, TJ, do you think there's a chance that he breaks into that top four this year? I think there's a really good chance. And if I'm a Justin Herbert owner, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, he had a bad season last year, but we all know he had the rib issues. That offensive line was a mess. They lost their pro bowl left tackle, Marcus Slater. I mean, that hurt them bad. And that, I mean, now they're bringing in Quentin Johnson. I mean, he is one of the biggest boom bust pick in rookie drafts, but it is another weapon. They're bringing Austin Eckler back. They were having trouble with contract situations there, but he's back in tow. And I, I don't know. I'm just big Justin Herbert. I think as a pure thrower of the football, he's one of the best. And I do think he's going to rebound. And I do think he's going to be right around a top four finish. I do think the Chargers offense will be a little bit better this year for sure. I know that Mike and us talked about that on our show. Like there's someone that I think a lot of people are sleeping on. As far as an NFL perspective, yes, there are a lot of fluky things that happen with the Chargers. It seems like they can't get lucky. But from a fantasy perspective and putting up numbers, I do think they'll be back this year. And I love Justin Herbert. I'm in on him anywhere I can. If I can get a discount, sign me up. I'm going looking to buy him. So I'm big on Herbert. Yeah, I mean, he is ultra tough playing through those like multiple broken ribs and whatever else he was dealing with. He also like, I mean, just like we're saying with the curse, he dealt with, it seemed like every other week it was either Mike Williams or Keenan Allen injured. And they just sort of like they could never be healthy uh, during the same week. So he had that to contend with. But now, you know, he gets QJ, who I'm not a big QJ guy, but I accept that he's a first round talent and that the Chargers will have him out there and use him. And so, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think there's a really good chance he breaks into that top four. Um, but speaking on QJ, because like I said, not a QJ guy, but I think Eric might have something to say about it. <laughs> Really, really quick exercise with the Herbert thing is I've noticed how far I've seen him go as low as like 1.8 in some startup drafts, which is crazy, crazy to me. Yeah, crazy. That's crazy. Me. So I think we would all agree. We could just sound off on this really quick that like Mahomes, Allen above Herbert. I don't think we need to debate that, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hertz or Herbert? Hertz. Hertz? Yeah, I go Hertz. Burrow or Herbert? Burrow. Herbert. Oh, my Burrow. Okay, so we we'd have you would have him at four. Okay. Um Lamar or Herbert. 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 Lawrence Herbert. or Herbert. Herbert. Lost, but Herbert. Lawrence. Yeah, I'm i I'm taking Lawrence because I trust Peterson. I think I'm Lawrence too. You don't trust Kellen Moore? I trust Peterson more than I trust Kellen Moore. Me too. Me too. Kellen Moore had Dak Prescott throw for 4,500 yards. What do you think he's going to do with Justin Herbert, Quentin Johnson, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams? They're going to throw for 7,000 yards, break the record, and set everyone on fire. If they can say healthy. That's 7,000. That's a hybrid. <laughs> if they can all say healthy, which is Peter unlikely. Peterson won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Yeah. Yeah, Nick Foles is the GOAT. Big dick Nick. You can cut that Yeah, out. I don't think we're allowed to. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, <laughs> so Mike's got him at four. The rest of us have him at seven. That's a, that's crazy to me. So that uh, that 1.8 in the startup is actually pretty accurate then for where Herbert's going. Because he, 
To me, he feels better than 1.7, but then when I look at the other quarterbacks, I'm like, eh, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. But that was interesting. Yeah, it, I mean, he's not getting a lot of love right now. And I, I mean, it, I know it wasn't a good season last year, but like I said, as a pure thrower of the football, the guy is probably one of the best around. And honestly, I'm like, Mike, Kellen Moore coming in there is a big deal. Like, I do think that that's a really nice upgrade for them. That will help. I mean, I, they're so close to me between Herbert and Lawrence. I just like Lawrence's profile a little bit more. But I mean, really, I mean, you really can't go wrong. I don't think either way. I think you'd be happy having any of them on your dynasty rosters, any of them too. So, so, so Mike, you're saying breaking records and 7,000 yards and all that. I want to know you have this, uh, you know, I don't know if it's a love for QJ specifically, but a love for Herbert and that offense, but where do you think that QJ will finish this year in fantasy? That's a great question in dynasty fantasy football. I think that, there is a argument to be had that the market will be higher on QJ at the end of this year than they are right now, because he is tied to a great quarterback. Fantasy managers are impatient. And if he finishes above JSN, because JSN's maybe he's like the two a or the two B, if he's going to maybe finish higher than Addison, because he's again, like the two a or the two B, depending on like how you think about Hawkinson, Keenan Allen can't stay healthy. Mike Williams can't stay healthy. Like, QJ could have 1,100 receiving yards. So it's it's not out of the question that he looks like the receiver one out of this class at the end of this year. And then at that point, you look for an opportunity to move out of him for JSN plus, for Addison plus, for something else plus. I think that he will finish in redraft as a top 24 receiver comfortably. And I think his ceiling is somewhere in the wide receiver 13 to 15 range. I don't think he breaks into the wide receiver one because those guys are insane, but the the pass happy offense, great quarterback, great receiving profile. The the competition gets hurt. Well, I I think real quick, Mike, that honestly, like the QJ stuff, I know you're a big fan of him, but like, I, I like, I can see his ceiling being similar to like Mike Williams, his teammate. Like I could really see that like on his best day, like that they're kind of similar players to me. Like, QJ has a little more athleticism, but it's, it's like, you know, you got these big guys. I, that's what I said. Like, I'm not the biggest QJ fan, but the fact that he ended up with the chargers is probably the best thing for him because the way they draft these big receivers, they do develop them fairly well. So I will say that's probably one of the better landing spots for him. Yeah. And then when you talk about points per game, it's like Mike Williams is insane in points per game, but he can never be healthy. QJ doesn't have a big injury history to look back on. It's not like he has a spinal fusion or twice repaired ankles. So I think the roof is the ceiling to quote a good basketball player. So, so just real quick, moving forward on the, on the QJ talk here, like I I don't have a hate for QJ by any means. I've told Corey many of times that I want, want to draft QJ because I think he's a play for next season. I don't think he's a great play for this season. I think he is a fantastic play for next season. I think we can all agree at this point, the cap is an absolute myth. It's not real. It's not a real thing. It's a complete myth. All right. But if you look at the numbers as it's currently set up, the chargers are $60 million over the cap for next season. You want to know some of the highest cap hits on their team? Khalil Mack, 38 million. Joey Bosa, 36 million. Mike Williams, 32 million. Keenan Allen, 34 million. All right, you're leading to one of those defensive ends or edges, as you would call them, I guess, in that defense. And one of those wide receivers being thrown out to the wayside, being cut. You're going to have to make room somehow, some way. And then also on the Herbert, on the Herbert love here, Slater was out for a very large part of last season. I mean, you're talking about an all pro tackle that was just gone and lost from that team. So having him healthy would be a huge thing for this team next year. All right. Yeah, I think I'm the sole QJ hater here, unfortunately. So I'm very outnumbered. Uh, but we're, we're getting to the end of this, guys. And I'm going to lead it off with one last question here. Uh, directed towards CJ as our guest here, man. I just want to know, because you mentioned it before, Austin Eckler has this contract dispute, gets resolved. He's back on the team, at least for this year. He was RB1 last year in in many league formats because he's awesome and scores a ton of touchdowns and does great pass catching work. 
in in any world like he looks like he's poised to have another rb1 season again as as the rb1 but do you do you agree with that do you think that that is in the cards for him or do you think that uh with qj added with more target dispersion that that's not going to be possible for him what's your take uh honestly i I love austin eckler and you go back the year before he finished running back two year before last year where he finished running back one and i'll tell you that's hard to do in fantasy football the fact that he did that two years in a row is really tough i don't see him finishing that high again i do think with the other targets coming in the fact that he is getting a little bit older and the fact too kellen moore coming in we got a whole new offensive system so will they utilize him in the same capacity i doubt it i do expect austin eckler to still be austin eckler i think he'll get you a good amount of points this year he'll still be a really solid player for you but as a long-term dynasty asset, the sand and the hourglass is running out. That's for sure. I mean, we know running backs, once they start getting around this 28 range, which I do believe he's 28, the, the clock's ticking. I mean, we're getting closer to 30. His playing style will give him the ability to be around longer. The fact that he's more of a pass catcher and not in between the tackles guy. But after this season, honestly, I think he's out of LA. I, uh, as you know, Evan said about their cap situation, I could easily be seeing that being another player that's ousted just because they have to shed room. And I think that was a big part of why they were having problems this year. I think that they feel like they have a good chance to contend. They're bringing the boys back for one more hurrah. And then they might go into like a mini rebuild around Herbert. The fact that they got a star quarterback, it ain't like they're going to go down to the depths of the NFL, but they're still, they're going to build around Herbert and try to build it back up again to make another run. But Austin Eckler this year, I could see him if he stays healthy. I bet you he finishes somewhere around running back seven to running back 10. But I, I still think he's going to give you a good year just because he's a viable part of that team. Herbert still trusts him. It's familiarity. But with the new offensive system coming in, I just don't know if he's going to see that high catch input that we've seen him get through the years that helped propel him to be running back one, running back two. So them numbers might drop a little bit. But I still think he'll be a dang solid player for you this year. And I like Austin Eckler. I mean, if you don't like that, dude, you got wrong. He's a legit dude. Like he comes on shows like this and talks about fantasy football. Like he's a cool, cool dude. And uh, just one heck of a gifted player. But yeah, I'm just a little concerned with the new offense, but I still think he'll be a good player. All right. Yeah. Uh, I think somewhere in there, I think I heard uh, a good, nice, we, we like to have those like nice explosive last lines. I think I heard a couple of those in what you just said. So I think we're good to, to pretty much wrap this thing up unless anyone else wants to we can kind of put this in the uh post show after the little credits roll but does anyone else have anything they want to talk chargers wise feeling good okay well yeah like i said this will be sort of in the post show um but i want to give you tj just one last shot to sort of you know talk some some dna dynasty and let the folks know where they can find you yeah yeah i appreciate you guys having me on if you, if you want to check us out, we're podcast similar to this, four guys talking fantasy football. We've really grown over the last year. You can find us on all major podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple Pod, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon. We're on all of them, Dynasty DNA. You can check us out. You can follow us on Twitter at Dynasty DNA underscore. We're posting stuff up there all the time. We're, we've always been heavily involved with Mike. And now meeting you guys, I'm sure we're going to do some more collaboration you know it's a lot of fun talking fantasy with you fellas i can tell you really know your stuff and uh it's always fun getting on new shows and you know just meeting new people and and uh, talking to new audience members and like i said all in all you can find us on all them platforms on youtube dynasty dna check us out there our website dynastydna.net i always tell people there's a treasure trove of information over there articles all of our former podcast episodes a lot of good stuff so we're all fantasy all the time. So we got stuff rolling constantly. Well, heck yeah, man. Yeah, it was, it was, it was great having you. Likewise to you, you definitely seem to know your stuff over there, but all the DNA guys, uh, seems like you guys put on a great show. And I love that we both have 
three letter names in our in our podcast today. So it feels like we are poised to have this like RPG versus DNA like mock draft or something like that in the works here coming up. We we definitely can make it happen. We'll we'll come up with something good. I mean, we should, man. We'll, we'll get we it. Should go- do it. We'll get it going over on Twitter, and we'll see what everyone thinks. But we'll we'll, we'll fire something away. I'm I'm game for that. We could All do right. um, we could do something like a weekly RPG versus DNA, like pick the actual football games thing and see who at the end of the season. Oh, pick them. Seems right. Yeah, definitely. I know. Like on our, we do a. Uh, it's a lot of fun. We started it last year, and I think this year it's going to be a really big. DraftKings, we do a Dynasty DNA challenge where, like, we just challenge the fans. Maybe we could do a DNA versus uh, RPG. Uh, uh, you know, that, that would be that would be interesting. And then see who wins the most games out of, out of the week. I mean, there's all kinds of things we could do. RPG versus Dynasty DNA. Uh, 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 DraftKings, I mean, we can do that. I'm game for that. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm, I'm game. Sounds good, man. Well, like I said, anyone who wants to fire any ideas, I'm up for it. Like I said, I appreciate having you guys having me on. It was fun talking to you guys. Like I said, you know your stuff, and you guys got a great show over here. I appreciate it, man. We'll we'll definitely be doing it again here pretty soon. Whenever you want to come on, we're we're definitely game. Sounds like a plan, brother. And and good I know in the summer camp series, I might be hitting you guys up. So we've been having other people on ours, and it's fun talking fantasy football. Like I said, with you guys, so. If you're available, we might have might have you on to do a little talking over there. Always down, man. Heck yeah. Like you know me, I'm I'm the big Sam Darnold fan. Booty cheeks. Yeah, neck falls is the goat. Big dick neck. You can cut that out. <laughs> it feels like two feet in the same shoe.